So good to be back in uh, Shell Harbour. I mean, it's been a bit cool, but it's the, it's the warmest place I've been in the last month. I've been into the hills of Victoria, the hills of Adelaide. I've been into Western Queensland, where it's been snowing. So I'm thanking God for I, that, I, that I don't have to rug up too much today. I went to Melbourne the other week, took my wife. We had to go up into the hills. It cost me a fortune. A Queenslander that we don't own beanies, we don't own gloves, we don't own leather jackets. I had to buy all of that stuff. And I walked away about $2,000 poorer, I think, for the exercise. Go to bless and it cost me a, a mint. I need to grow these tall pulpits. Have you got a Bible? It's good to get a Bible, isn't it? Good to have a Bible. I wanna, I've just been so blessed to be with your leaders over the last couple of days, Friday night and then all day yesterday, just talking about uh, the church, really. I love to talk about the church. I love to get other people talking about the church. Because whilst the church isn't the answer to the world, Jesus Christ is the answer for the world, but the church is the vessel that Jesus Christ uses to reach the world. And I just believe that we, we need to be excited about that. I think the church needs a, a new image of ourselves. We need to understand the authority. We un, need to understand the... the, the the power of the message that Jesus Christ has given us to, to reveal to the world. Jesus, as we're singing here this morning, the awesome worship songs, I'm letting the, the, the power of God just wash over my life again. I don't know about you, but I got, I got saved about 30 years ago, thereabouts. But I also got saved again this morning. I mean, I need the gospel every day. I need to come face to face with Jesus every day. I think sometimes the older we get in the church, the, 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 the more we move from the basic tenets of our faith that, faith, that Jesus Christ is able to wash me, cleanse me, give me a clean start, forgive me of my sins. I, I, maybe it's just our Queenslanders, but I noticed that, 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 that just when I got saved, I didn't become perfect. I know I look perfect. No? I need the gospel. We all need the gospel every day. If I could encourage you with one thing, never, never tire of the message of Jesus Christ. Every time I come around that table of communion, God, again, I know that I'm saved, but again, just, just come and work in my life. Just come and be my substitute. Just come and forgive me again. The power of God. Amen? Romans chapter 4. Uh, this morning is I'm going to launch from here and talk about some things that are dear to me. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, this, uh, actually the, my favorite passage of Scripture happens to be the one I'm preaching on that day. But today it's Romans chapter 4 and it's verse 17. And it says this. This is, I, I, want, to, I want to, make. It's, it's a pretty basic message this morning. But I want us to never forget what God's like. I never want, want us to forget. I never want us to take God for granted. I never want us to take the gospel for granted. We live with a God of miracles. We live and serve a God who is limited by nothing. So your circumstance, wherever you are today, you may have some limitations or see some limitations, but God's not limited by it. And I love this passage of Scripture in Romans 4, verse 17. The back end of the verse says this, God. I love God. I love it when it says God. And it says this, God who gives life to the dead. 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they do. God. Think about it. God who gives life to dead things. What looks dead in your life today? What have you given up on? That marriage that might look dead. God brings life to dead things. That, that, that child that might be away from God and his relationship uh, spiritually looks dead. Today, I want to declare that God brings life to dead things. It may look dead to us, but to God it's not. I am living proof of this. Ephesians chapter 2 tells me that, 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 that before my salvation, I was dead in my sins and trespasses. How about you? We, we are living, never underestimate what you're living, walking proof of today. You who were dead, and then it goes on a few verses later in Ephesians 2, and it says two of my other favorite words, I was dead, listen to it, but God. I love but God. I was dead, but God was rich in mercy. And it brought me alive again. What looks dead to you? God is here this morning to breathe life back into dead things. The second half of the verse says, not only does he give life to dead things, but he calls things which do not exist as though they do. God's not limited to past things. God doesn't even, you know, God never consults your past to declare your future. God makes new things alive. He, things that don't look like they exist, things that you don't see, He sees. Very basic, I know. I'm from Queensland. It's very basic, all right? But here's the thing. Think of creation. Genesis chapter 1. The earth was dark and void. There was nothing. To us, it looked like there was nothing, but to God, there was everything. And he spoke nothing to nothing and caused everything to exist through the power of his word. Through, through what existed in the heart of God, he spoke and it was. God gives life to dead things and he calls things which do not exist as though they did. I love that because God is not limited to my situation. God is not limited to what I see. God brings, He is the giver of life. He brings things which aren't to be. And I want to focus this morning on the second half of this verse, this one that says God calls those things which do not exist as though they do. But I want to focus on one thing that God calls that does not exist yet as though it did. And I might get a little bit philosophical and a little bit strange when I, this might sound strange. But could I suggest to you this morning that there is a you that does not yet exist that God sees. There is a person that, that if we were honest, we know is in here. Someone that we would desire to be, someone that we maybe perhaps at some stage have got a glimpse of being. But we allow our past 
to prevent that person, the best of that person, the one that God wants to bring forth from coming forth because we look at our past, but we look what does exist. God looks at what does not exist and calls it into being. There's a you in you that some of you have given up on being because you've looked at your past. God wants to bring that person forth this morning because God calls that person which does not... I'm glad God, God does not consult my past to declare my future. I'd be lost. I would be hopeless. If I asked you, if it, if, if it was possible this morning to get you to, to paint... And I'm the last person that should be talking about art. I, I, totally. I won't even get dressed without my wife telling me if the things match, you know. But so I'm, I'm just, I'm out there this morning, all right? If I asked you, though, to paint a self-portrait of you that could somehow, not just the image of you, but a portrait that would capture how you see you, I wonder what you'd paint. If you're anything like me, and I want to say very honestly this morning that this is one of the, what I'm sharing about this morning is one of the biggest battles of my life. The biggest battles of my life is how I've seen me. Because when I look at me, probably like many of us, when I look at me, I see all that's wrong. I look at the failures of my past. I look at what I was. And if I had to paint this self-portrait, it would probably portray or at least include the worst of me. Would that be fair? If, I, if, if 99 people said something wonderful about you and one person said something negative about you, which one would you be more likely to camp around? The negative thought. Because we're human, we're fallen. But I want to encourage you this morning, God does not look at your past to paint your future. He paints afresh. He's got a new design. He's got something that you haven't even seen yet in mind for you, no matter what your age is. Because he calls things, he calls that you that's not yet according to what he sees, not according to what we see. The rest of my life, I want to give to allowing God to paint what he wants to paint, not what I've seen about myself. It's never complete. It's a journey, but this morning I'm believing that God is going to take hold of some paintbrushes brushes here and start to paint something new about some lives today because we live out of our past. Come with me to the book of 1 John. Not 1 John, sorry, John 1. Sounds the same. There is a difference. John chapter 1. Let me show you some thoughts from Scripture here this morning about this God who doesn't look at you according to the now. He looks at you according to what he sees for your future. John chapter 1, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Think Simon Peter for a minute. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him... He said, I want you to catch this. You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, 
which is translated a stone or a rock. Here's Simon. He comes to Jesus. Andrew, his brother, brings him to Jesus. There's a whole message in itself. We should be forever looking to who we can bring to Jesus with us. We should be telling our brothers, our sisters, our workmates, everybody else, come, don't, don't come to me. Don't come to church. Come and find this Jesus that I've found. Andrew comes and he brings his brother Simon. And we all know about the call on Simon's life. But the first thing that Jesus does for Simon is redefine him. Changes his name. We know in biblical times your name represented your destiny. Let me ask you a question. Up until this point, was there anything rock-like that we know of Simon? God, Jesus, did not call Simon Peter because he was rock-like. He called him Peter because he was going to be rock-like one day. And he says, I'm no longer calling you according to what you've been. I'm calling you according to what you will be, even though it's not evident just yet. I love that. He redefines nothing, nothing. We all know, we see the journey for three and a half years that Simon walks with Jesus. And really, when I look at that journey, most of it is hardly rock-like. Most of it is unstable. One minute, I'm praising him. The next minute, I'm denying him. Does that look like a rock? Does that look stable? Does that look steadfast? Hardly. But that doesn't stop Jesus calling Peter or Simon Peter. I, love, I think the New Testament's a little bit confused sometimes because if you go through the, through the Gospels, sometimes he's Simon, sometimes he's Simon Peter, and sometimes he's Peter. Perhaps the Bible's confused. Or perhaps God's trying to tell us that in all of us, some of Simon still exists. And sometimes you look a little bit like the old and a little bit like the new. You're Simon Peter. Other times, there's glimpses of who you will be that are starting to come out. You're on a journey. You're not perfect. But God is in the business of transitioning you from who you've been to who He wants you to be. But He doesn't define you by who you've been. He's defining you by what He sees. Paul later calls Peter a pillar of the church. Peter later stands up in the book of Acts chapter 2 and delivers a rock-like sermon where 3,000 people get saved. Peter becomes a pillar to establish the church of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and beyond. But, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is the first thing he did was let God or Jesus redefine him. Perhaps he wants to redefine you today. Perhaps he already has redefined you and me, but he wants you and I to agree with him today. Because we all look like ourselves as Peter, as Simon, I'm sorry, when God calls us Peter. It's a common theme through the Bible. Abraham. He was Abraham, meaning high father. God changes his name to Abraham, father of multitudes. It was not yet, but God decided to call him like it was. Sarai, my princess. Sarah, mother of nations. How would you like to have a name that meant supplanter? 
deceiver. Jacob. I mean, I would have given up if I was Jacob, you know. Number one, they call me deceiver. I was living out a life of deception. I was trying to make my life or my way in life forward by deceiving. I was living up to my reputation until one day God decided to call me Israel. Redefine me. Even though my past was full of shame, even though my past was full of deception, even though my past was full of guilt, even though my past was full of you fill in the blank, but God chose to call me something else according to what he might see. We all would be familiar with a passage of Scripture in, uh, in, in Romans 12, and I've lost it here for a minute, in verse 12, verse, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Listen to this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Just want to put a little bit of a different slant on the next verse today. Paul goes on and says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Anybody proved what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God yet? The Apostle Paul says this, Do not be conformed to the portrait of this world would paint of you. Don't be conformed to the portrait that you would paint of yourself. But be transformed by how you think about your future. I've had trouble with this. Every time I try to think about my future, my past gets in the way. Yeah, there is a person, he's called the devil. You know what he reminds me of? Not what doesn't exist that God calls as though it does. He reminds me of the failures of my past. He's called the accuser of the brethren. I have difficulty painting what I will be because my past speaks to me too often. And I think most of us are the same. We have to renew our mind to what God says, not keep conforming our mind to what the world might say. You know the world that, or your world or the people around you where they paint you according to what they've seen a paint you according to the Simon that's in you not the Peter that's in you paint you according to the, the the failed marriage the time in prison the bankruptcy all that stuff that went wrong in your life and they paint you according to that but God forgets those things and God wants to paint you according to what he's called and purposed to be I have found this though it doesn't matter what God calls I've got to agree with him. I have to bring my life to a place, to that... You know why I have to come to the gospel every day? Because I've got to let God refresh my mind. I've got to let God wash me clean again. I've got to let God remind me of what he wants to do with me, not what I've done. Are you with me this morning? We've got to redefine... We've got to allow God... To, this, this, this has been a battle, as I said before, my entire life. You know, sometimes, sometimes even we have to redefine ourselves, not only from the failures of our past, but the successes of our past. Sometimes we, you know, you know one of the biggest problems at the church over 2,000 years is we camp around what God did. Instead of letting, him, letting ourselves enjoy what He did, but paint what He's yet to do. 
Some, some church scholars say this. They say that the people who oppose the next move of God are usually the ones that started the last one. Because they, they camp around what got they camp around success of the past. You know, I used to I used to play sport, believe it or not. Uh, and, and I used to play rugby union, played a lot of it all my life, and I was reasonably good. But I know this. The older I get, the better I was. Why? Because I want to build, I want to build my life on that strapping 25-year-old, you know? I was pretty good back then. Now I'm 35, I'm not looking so good, you know? I'm 30-something and that's the truth. That is. But you know what I'm saying? We, 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 we camp around what we were and we limit God to do, from doing what He wants to do in our lives. And I think this morning God wants to, oh, if I could just get on the inside of some of you and say, let God draw something new. You've camped around the, 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 the good, the bad, and the ugly of the past, but God's not finished yet. Book of Philippians tell me that God's at work in you and I doing His good pleasure. He's creating good things for our lives. Amen? I remember if I go back to even my football days, I, I remember, as I said, I, I, was, I was reasonable as a footballer. And through my junior years particularly, I represented Queensland most years and, and, and got a whole bunch of you know, cabinet wear and all that. That's beside the point. But there was one year I was playing for Brisbane and we were playing against the Mexicans from New South Wales somewhere. And, and, and I was, I'll tell you what, I was the fullback, right? You know what I remember about that game? I don't remember representing Brisbane. I don't remember anything I did right. At the end of the game, towards, I dropped the ball. They scored, we lost. How's that? It's a stupid story, I know. It's a long, long time ago, 20 years. Uh, you'll get that in a minute. I walked off the field, and one of the, one of the other players said, it was all that fullback's fault. What an idiot. I remember it. You know, the next year I played football, I couldn't do a thing. Couldn't catch, couldn't kick, didn't want to play. Didn't want to turn up. Everyone expected me to. Everybody said, what's wrong with him? He was so good. You know what? I lived out of what someone else had said about me. I lived out of past. I lived out of hurt. I lived out of pain. And I lived it out. And it became real. And it took me years to get that back. That's a silly story about sport. But you know, we live out of what people say. We live out of our past failure. We, we might know here we're forgiven. Big difference between being forgiven and calling those things which do not exist as though they do. Big difference from being cleansed from your past and know your eternity is secure in heaven and actually allowing God to do with you what He wants to do with you. I've been a Christian for a long time now. I'm a leader in the church now, but, but I still have difficulty. You know, I, I really... This, Confession time. I can't stand it when people introduce me and say all these good things about me. I know you were making it up. In fact, particularly in Shell Harbour Community Church. Because for Shane Cook to say something nice, I'm thinking, what's coming? I said to Rachel, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. It's going to explode here in a minute. That's not true. We're good friends. But you know what I'm saying? Why? Why, can't, why is it difficult to accept praise? 
because I'm living out of a false sense. I'm living out of what I was. I'm living out of what the portrait I know about me. He only sees me once a year. He, he sees all the good bits. Put my wife next to me. She sees all the others. My wife, 36 years married. She's waiting for this Gary to come forth. She, she's waiting for this new you I'm talking about, you know. She sits in the, in the, in the front row. She says, come on then. Hurry up. I'm waiting for this, this thing that's supposed to exist. I'm waiting for it. I've been waiting for 36 years. No, she doesn't. She doesn't really say that. But you know where I'm going this morning, don't you? We have to allow God to get on the inside of us and, and we have to allow ourselves to see ourselves as he sees us. Because if you don't do that, you'll live out of what you see. God's the only one who lives out of what he doesn't see. We can do it. It's called faith. It's called allowing the Spirit of God to wash over our lives. And let even this morning as I'm in worship, I'm just, again, allowing God to refresh me and, and renew me and say, God, what do you see? What have you got for, for the future? What are you trying to do in me? It's pleasurable, your word says, but what is, what is it you want with my life? And it's not just about what I achieve in life. It's about who I become in life. The me, the you, the person, the God, the Peter. We see Simon, God sees Peter. We see Jacob, God sees Israel. We see Abram, God sees Abraham. What does God see for your life? And what will you do to renew your thinking to what God sees, not what you see? We carry our failures into our Christianity and it plagues us for the rest of our life. God wants to break it off. God wants us to agree with him today. God wants us to start calling some things which do not exist as though they did. Because God knows your future. And he's not consulting your past. You know that thing called the cross? It separates me from my past. Makes me new. There was a guy... In the Old Testament, his name was Jabez. How'd you like to be called pain? How would you like for your name, how would you like for your buddies to just call you pain all your life? How'd you like to go through life? We don't know much about Jabez. It talks about just a couple of little verses in the book of uh, uh, First Chronicles, chapter 4. And it says this, verses 9 and 10 Jabez was more honorable than his brothers his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that you would bless me indeed enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain and I love the last bit of verse 10 so God granted his request wouldn't you like to pray prayers that God answers here's one a little prayer and God granted his request. What was his request? Jabez grew up being defined by the world around him. Being defined by the circumstance he was born into. We don't know if he had a father. We don't know any detail about the pain. We just know, know that Jabez's life was representing a life of pain. Pain to himself, pain to others. And had Jabez not done something about it, he would have just lived that destiny out. But what I love about him, and this is what you and I can do today, Jabez, instead of being defined or allowing himself to be defined by the past, 
defined by the circumstance he was born into, defined by what everybody else said about Jabez, he prayed a prayer. And he said this, he said four things. He said, God, I'm tired of being cursed. The world has cursed me. I probably contributed to that curse in some way, but I'm sick and tired of being cursed with the name pain. God, I want you to bless me. It doesn't mean, God, I want you to give me things. It means, God, I want you to bless my identity. I don't want to be known as a pain. I want to be blessed of God. The right of every human being on the planet is to know they're valued. They're valued first by God. And they should be valued by us as well. Every person. But the problem is, we live under the curse of the world and not the blessing of God. J.B. says, God, I've had enough. Some people here this morning, you're going to walk out from under a curse. What you've said about yourself, what others have said about you, and you're going to walk from this place this morning under the blessing of God, value of God. Because God, you may not feel valuable, but God calls those things as which do not exist. So they did. It says, God, the world has defined the parameters that I'm to live in. The world has dictated the course of my life. But God, I want you to increase me. I don't want to live in that world. I want you to increase my world. He said, God, the world has tried to direct my life to where it wants me to go, and what it says about me. Jabez says, God, I want your hand to direct me from here on in. And the world, if I keep going, is going to take me down a track of evil and pain. But God, I want you to keep me from it. You think God likes that prayer? God granted Jabez's request and we hear no more about him in the whole Bible. Never mentioned again. In fact, if you really want to get bored, read the books of Chronicles. I mean, I know, I know pastors shouldn't say that, you know, but really, I, I, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. And the only word I understand in any of it is begat. I mean, just goes on and on and on. That's <laughs> Queensland, all right. I could mention some straight of origin details or something, but I won't. Because I'm a man of grace. <laughs> now he's just thrown me. A begat. You read it for yourself, there's been much written about it. But it stops for two verses. All the begat stop for two verses talks about Jabez because Jabez decided not to settle for what the world said, but to settle for what God said. And today I want the world to stop around you. I want the word of God to stop around you. I want what you say about you in the past to stop today. And I want you to start to speak and to ask God to bless your life because he will. To increase your life because he will. That you may live out of what yet does not exist. It would start to come to pass from this day forward. Because you walk, you take a step over a line and you say no more. I will agree with what God says about me. Oh, 
I'm looking at you today and I don't know if you're anything like me at all. The reason I preach this is I've got to learn this. I'm still on this journey. There is still an accuser. There's still a lot of things back there that I wish weren't back there. But I figure I can't do one thing about them, but I can start to agree with God about what tomorrow might bring in Jesus' name. Suzanne, can I have your team up for a minute? One more scripture today, and I'm almost going to be on time, which proves he's a God of miracles. Have a listen to this. I read this the other day. It's not a scripture. It's just a thought. It says, oh, what we could be if we stopped carrying the remains of who we were. Oh, what we could be if we stopped carrying the remains of who we were. That's the good and the bad. I know it's simple, but I believe God's not finished. I don't care how old or young you are. God's not finished. God's still at work, doing his good pleasure, forming the you. The Bible, says that, 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 the Bible says he's trying to create Christ in us. He's trying to form Christ in each one of us. God's not finished. Anybody made it yet? Yeah, we're still on a journey. We're still Simon sometimes, hey? But Peter's coming. God's committed to Peter. God's committed to bring forth the gold out of the dust. God's committed to your life. A scripture we know so well. We, cre- we, 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 we recite it. We know it. We probably were introduced to it when we got saved. But maybe today it's going to be brand new for some of us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, oh, look, hear this for you today. Therefore, therefore, therefore you, therefore Gary, therefore Wendy, therefore Shane, If anyone is in Christ, he is a... Why do we live like we're old when God's trying to do something new? He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things. You may know yourself as Simon, but God's painting Peter. If you are in Christ in this place this morning, God has a clean canvas to start to paint. God has something new He wants to do. And we still battle the old because we're human. But God wants to get hold of a paintbrush this morning. And He wants to have, he wants, he wants to have a clean canvas in front of Him. And He wants to start to paint something new with your life from this day forward. In fact, he's already been doing it since the day you got saved. I'm just reminding you of it this morning. Therefore, if if I could go through this auditorium and mention every one of your names, Bruce, a new creation, what will God bring forth from your life? Therefore, isn't it interesting, isn't it awesome that the only qualification is to be in Jesus Christ. The only qualification, it's not how good you've been, it's not how great you seem, it's not about the gifts on your life, it's about being in Christ Jesus. Why don't you close your eyes with me here this morning? It's about being 
in Christ Jesus. It's about being made new. Not just the day of your salvation, today. I'm in Christ today. I can be made new today. I can ask God for a new start today. I can ask God to bless my life today, to increase my life today, to direct my life today towards what He wants me to be, not what I have been today. The only qualification is that I'm in Christ Jesus. And as I look across this auditorium this morning, maybe there are people that don't know that they're in Christ Jesus. They don't know Christ as the Lord, the Saviour, the Forgiver, the eternal God that died on the cross for you, that you may have the opportunity to start afresh. Maybe you've not heard that this morning. Maybe somebody brought you to church this morning and you've never heard this message called the gospel message. We call it the gospel. It's translated good news. And it's good news because God brings us who are sinners to a place where we can have the slate wiped clean because He died on the cross in our place. That's how good God is. But He not only forgives us, He gives us a new start in life. What an opportunity that is for every one of us here today. But perhaps for you, you've never made a decision to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. This morning, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand with me right now and say that you know, Gary, I need a new start today. I need God to forgive me for my past. I need to walk away from my guilt, away from my failures, away from my past. Today, Gary, I want to receive Christ. I want to be in Christ. I want a new start this morning. As I look across this auditorium, is there anybody in that place? that they would say yes to Jesus. I see a hand up the back. Thank you, ma'am. That's awesome. You start for you. Therefore, these aren't Gary's ideas. These are God's ideas. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new. Who else this morning? Who else this morning would say yes to Christ? I see another hand up the back. Thank you, ma'am. People just reflecting, people just starting you. I see a hand down the front here. Thank you, sir. Come on, let God speak to your life this morning. Made new, made new. What an opportunity today. You don't have to carry your past into your future. It can be cut off this morning through what Christ has done for you. So look across, two, two ladies. Two ladies have said yes to Jesus this morning. That's the biggest miracle we'll ever see. People saying yes to Jesus. I see another hand up the back there, young man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I see another hand over here. Thank you, ma'am. I see people saying yes to Jesus. I need, I can walk away. I want to walk away from my past. I want to be made new. Who this morning? I don't want to hurry this. God, God, God is revealing truth to people's lives here today. Revealing himself to people's lives that he would die in my place. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I don't know the systems in the church, but, but there are four people that have raised their hands in this place this morning that have received Christ. They've been made new. There may have been others. You know what I'd like us all to do as a church this morning is pray with these people and pray for ourselves. And if those four people would like to come and see me or one of the leaders in the church at the end of this service, we would love to pray with you. We would love to stand with you. We would love to help direct this new path that God's got for you. But church, it's not just those four. Today, I can start again. 
Today I can walk free of the things that have haunted my life. Today I can ask God to forgive me again. Today I can be made new. Why don't you pray with me? Father God, out loud, Father God, thank you for the good news of the gospel. Thank you that I can be made new today. I receive afresh my salvation. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe in my heart that He died in my place and He rose again for me, that I can rise into new life with Him. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of my past. Wash me clean and help me to agree with You to paint a fresh future, a fresh path to leave my past behind in Jesus' name. Lord, today, you who call those things which do not exist as though they did. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand this morning? I'm going to ask you guys, just sing a song. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Shane. But look, don't let, this isn't a wrap-up. Let's just worship God for one song. And while we do it, why don't you let him, why don't you give him the brush? Why don't you allow him to start to, maybe, I believe the Holy Spirit will come and he will start to redefine, he will start to call Simon's Peter here today. Doesn't matter about the name. I mean, I can't find Gary in the Bible, but, you know, I got that name, I'm stuck with it. So, you know, I may as well, I may as well let, let God paint the best Gary he can. Amen? Your life. Why don't we believe God this morning to supernaturally start to show us what He calls to be, which may not be, in Jesus' name.